0: Welcome to Career Day on the Martech Podcast. Today we're
1: going to learn about the skills accumulated and lessons learned from a great marketer throughout the various stops on his career. Joining us for Career Day is an entrepreneur and content specialist with many talents. Adam Schleibley is the host of the Casting the Pod Podcast, which talks to podcast hosts about how they use audio to reach their audience. Also known as the PhD, previously heavy dude, Adam is the founder of the Million Pound Mission, a noble cause helping people lose weight. And I'm excited to talk to him about how he's got into the content business to reach audiences with multiple different interests. Here's our interview with Casting the Pod host and the PhD himself, Adam Shibley. Adam, welcome to the Martech Podcast.
2: Benjamin Shapiro, I am so excited to be here, brother. I know that your audience is hungry for information. I hope I can drop some implementable knowledge bombs for them here today.
1: (laughs) Well, we're excited to hear a little bit about your path and your journey. This is a Career Day episode. So we're going to talk a lot about your path and how you ended up working in the content business. Most of the people, if not all of the people that are on the show are marketers by trade. You do a lot of marketing, a lot of content development. I was on your podcast. It was a great experience, but you weren't always a marketer. Let's start off at the beginning of your career. You know, How did you get into marketing? Where did your career start? How did you end up working in podcasts? Let's start off in the beginning. What's your story?
2: Well, it all starts with my own health journey. My health journey, my business journey are intertwined and my marketing came out of a necessity to create a community and to communicate with the people that I'm trying to help. So back 12 years ago, I weighed 327 pounds and I was just in that state of kind of being lost in life. You know, not happy with my career, not happy with my health. Things are going south and I decided for things to change. I needed to change. So I went on my own weight loss journey, I ended up losing over 100 pounds, took me five years, but I got the job done. But the the cool thing is that people started to ask me about my lifestyle changes, and they asked for help. And I started to help them. That led to a business, which led to a boot camp, which led to me starting my own program. And over that five years that I lost 100 pounds, I actually helped my hometown lose 35,000 pounds, shout out Bloomington, Indiana. And then I started my Million Pound Mission, where our goal is to produce a million pounds of healthy results for people all across the world. And uh, the Million Pound Mission podcast, which was my first adventure in podcasting, was born. And we've had over 55,000 pounds donated from listeners that are getting great results. And my love of conversation and my love of the podcasting medium took me into the area where we met, which was the Casting the Pod podcast, where... I interview podcasters about their podcasting journey and again, a lot of just asking people how they're marketing, how they're getting the word out about their show and about their business, how they're monetizing, how they're getting their voice out there. And that's where we are today where as a marketer, I'm really trying to connect my audience to my message uh, through the podcasting medium.
1: So, I want to talk a little bit about the pre-working and marketing phase, just because I think it's fascinating. And I promise everyone listening. I know this is a marketing show. We're going to talk marketing strategy, but you lost a hundred pounds. Tell me about what life was like before you decided to focus on weight loss and health. What were you doing from a career perspective?
2: I was in the coaching space. I actually went to Indiana University to be a strength coach, which I was strong. I was a large individual, an unhealthy individual, but I was mainly just focusing on helping athletes get stronger. So it didn't really matter if I was slim and toned or not. I knew how I'd make people stronger and they could run faster and that's all I was really working with. So I was in the health space, so to speak, but I was not an example of health at all. And I got frustrated with that. I decided that that lifestyle wasn't for me, that working with athletes and all the ego that comes with that, that wasn't for me. And I just made that hard life pivot And it all just kind of shifted within a few days. And I started taking action where I started losing weight and I ditched all of my athlete clients and I only started helping people implement the same processes and strategies that I was using to improve my health. And as an entrepreneur, as a marketer, I feel like there's some magic there when you can align a personal mission that you are just fired up about. With your business. And when when you're putting that message out there, it's much more authentic. And that's a giant word out there right now. So that's something that really helped me help other people was, you know, I was authentically interested and energized about this topic.
1: So you had a focus on health and strength and you were working with athletes, decided to take your mission in a different direction and go through a career pivot. I've gone through a similar thing, uh, not unfortunately, not as much weight loss, but gone through a career pivot where I was going down the trajectory of working with early stage startups and sort of felt like I was banging my head against the wall with all of this pressure to make early stage companies be the next Uber, right? Have that hockey stick growth when sometimes felt like the businesses weren't really that type of business and decided that I need to do something different that would be a better fit for me. And that's how I got into consulting, which eventually led me into podcasting. Talk to me about how you decided from a career perspective to shift. You were losing weight. Why was that the right pivot for you? You mentioned authenticity. How did you figure out what the right balance was you from a career perspective? And how did that take you from helping athletes become stronger to focusing on weight loss and eventually focusing on the medium of podcasting?
2: Well, for me, it was about aligning myself with what I'm personally passionate about, you know, that big why that's driving my life forward. But also, it was about things like leverage. Like, I realized that athletes are seasonal. I didn't like that. They eventually, I was working with a lot of high school athletes. Eventually, they graduate and go off to college and you lose those clients. And I saw that with the rise of the boot camp model and the group fitness model, I could leverage my time and work from 6 to 7 a.m and 6 to 7 p.m. and make just as much money as I was going from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. at night by leveraging group fitness and working with multiple clients at once. And that really just blew my mind that I was able to do that and then spend more time investing in my education, learning about what I was doing, and then learning the marketing piece, which as we all know, you know, it can be super tricky, but it's also very, very important. So that is where we started to see leverage happen. I've continued to really focus on leveraging my time as I've developed my career. And the podcast is another way of doing that. I know that from a marketing perspective, a lot of people really enjoy being on stages and talking to a live audience. So it's kind of like having a weekly stage where I can get out there and on Million Pound Mission, I go Monday and Friday episodes. So every Monday and Friday, I get to be on my virtual stage and speak to that ideal niched down audience that's very interested in what I have to say, and they show up. So it's like going to a live event a couple times a week and speaking to thousands of people that are really, really interested in what I actually have to say. And that's the ultimate leverage for me in business. It's one of the
1: biggest selling points that I've had trying to find sponsors for the Martech podcast is... Think about the depth of the message that podcast gets across. I am talking to an audience that's listening to at least one episode per week, and the episodes are about half an hour long, and there's tens of thousands of people. If I went to a conference, what's the biggest marketing conference in the world, or at least for me, the most relevant is the MarTech conference, a couple thousand people listen to it. It's a great, impactful conference, but I'm doing that on the daily, right? There's a couple thousand people that are listening to the MarTech podcast regularly, so you're basically having the impact of a conference every day. Talk to me about your journey in terms of developing content. You mentioned you moved to a boot camp model. You're also developing digital assets. When did you start testing digital marketing? What did you do first? What has been successful for you?
2: Another great question, Ben. I've had my gym now for 10 years doing the bootcamp model. And when I first started, there were five options in our hometown. College Town, Average College Town, Bloomington, Indiana. Go Hoosiers? Yeah, go Hoosiers. There were five options. 10 years later, there are literally over 50 options in my hometown for group fitness, boot camp. All the big name players are there. The Orange Series, Anytime Fitness, all that stuff.
1: Berries. I see berries everywhere now.
2: Yeah, so they're everywhere. Big marketing dollars versus me. It's kind of like the movie Dodgeball, with like Average Joe's Gym. I'm Average Joe's Gym, and we're, we're taking on all the Globo gyms. But I started to see like, they're marketing their atmosphere or their fancy equipment. They aren't really marketing an expert or a message or a specific result or program. And they aren't even showing that many results. So we really shifted and focused to before and after pictures showing all, you know, we've helped over 15 people lose over 100 pounds just in our hometown, you know, 35,000 pounds of results. I could just do a Rolodex all day long. So that was going well until Facebook switched up their algorithm when they quit showing anything to anybody unless you paid for it. That hurt a little bit to where we went from like, I could put up a post on my personal page of a before and after and it gets shared 100 times and 70% of the people are seeing it to crickets, 6% of people are liking it. And then you can't boost those posts because you can't put money behind a post that has a before and after picture in it.
1: So you had a content strategy that was designed for organic content on social networks, and inevitably all the social networks are moving away from helping brands or companies reach their audience through organic because they want you to advertise towards paid. This is a problem that's not only happening on Facebook. I think we're starting to see it more and more on LinkedIn. Basically every platform, it's hard to develop these organic followings. So you're sent scrambling to find other cost-efficient ways to reach your audience.
2: What did you do? Well, that's where the podcast came in because I thought, all right, even like your email inbox, 30% open rate is considered really, really good. And I'm like, all right, with this podcasting, if somebody has subscribed to my podcast, it's showing up in their phone and most of the time they're getting notifications. So that's like 100% deliverability rate. Right? And these are people that are genuinely interested in what I have to say. So we started really putting a lot of effort into that, ramping up the show that helps that expert positioning, especially locally when I can say, our owner is a top ranked health and fitness podcaster. That sure helps when they go, Oh, but the other gym has water rowers. You can't learn from a water rower, but you can learn from a top ranked health and fitness podcaster. That helps differentiate us. I don't even know what a water rower is other than it's not even that great. <laughs> <laughs> like a crew, like in a boat? <laughs> well, it's like a rowing machine, except it's a big Orange Theory thing, not to knock Orange Theory, but kind of to knock them. They put water in the rower for resistance and they say it's a more natural feel. And I'm like, eh let's just go sweat. Okay. I digress. (laughs) So using the podcast to differentiate ourselves and do that expert positioning, that's helped a ton. And again, that's led to online clients, which is again, a a time leveraging resource where now I have online communities where it's one to many and I can coach these people. I've got monthly memberships. I just mentioned that I'm starting to do events and people are showing up from like Canada to come and do my event and they're freaking out about it. So The leverage, again, that's kind of the through line with my journey is how can I leverage time? How can I speak and impact as many people as possible? And the fulcrum of that leverage point is now the podcast and speaking to my hardcore super fans as often as possible.
1: So there's a message here that you were a local business that started developing a content asset and it shifted your business from being focused on your geography, meeting people in person to expanding the business to be more about a content asset and a national and international brand. Shout out to our second biggest market in Canada. Thank you for listening to the show. As your business expanded and you're developing more content, I'm curious to hear how you found your audience. What was the way that you did your acquisition? How do you think about growing the podcast as you're expanding from finding people in Bloomington to finding people that have health challenges all over the world?
2: Well, Instagram has been a rabbit hole that I've gone pretty deep down with podcasting. I've, I tested different social media platforms and it just seemed like my people were really showing up on Instagram. So I went deep on that and I started to figure out different methods and things that worked and didn't work, of course, with any testing. And I started doing a lot of Instagram lives and that's worked with me tremendously. And Benjamin and I will do one of these split screen interviews that I'm about ready to mention. But what I do is I do an interview on either of my shows. And then when that interview goes live, I have my guest back on to do a split screen interview, a follow-up on Instagram. And that multiplies the algorithm where the guest algorithm is going, oh, Benjamin Shapiro is live. You need to come and tune in. But it also says, Adam Shibley is live. You need to come and tune in. And our audiences get to co-mingle and it's easy to pick up followers. I did one 15-minute Instagram live follow-up interview a while back and I got 300 new followers from that audience, like ideal client-type followers on my account in 15 minutes. So that's grown my audience tremendously. I look for ways for my audience to win. And they love listening to an episode, learning. They know they should come up with questions. They know they should show up for the Instagram Live, ask those questions, and they can follow that account and dive deeper into that person's world. And I'm kind of just the bridge providing access to that. But also I benefit because I get that really deep introduction to my guest audience as well. So here's the
1: interesting thing to me about your career path is that you have this very sort of singular focus of helping people lose weight, and you're running a gym at home, and you're developing a content asset, which is a marketing vehicle for that, and it helps you with international expansion. But then you go different directions, which I think is really interesting and specifically relevant for marketers, that you started developing the Casting the Pod podcast to talk to other podcasters about how they're developing their show. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. I'm curious to hear why you decided to do that. But that's not all that you've done. You're also a voice talent. So instead of just focusing on being the PhD, the previously heavy dude, and having that message, now you're the podcast host that interviews other podcast hosts, and you're a voiceover talent, a man of many talents, like I mentioned in the introduction. Why are you taking on these other pursuits?
2: I love podcasting and I love talking to podcasters. So I kind of have the health lane and I have the podcasting lane. And one great benefit that I get from doing a show where I interview podcasters is that one of the best ways to grow your show is to be on other people's show. And I always invite first, I invite people to be on my show first. So if I can interview a thousand podcasters, the chances of me being on their show is very likely because I'm good at making friends and I really try to show value with their experience with me and I get invited to be on a lot of shows that way instead of, you know, I'm sure you get the emails daily too where it's like, hey, I'd be a great guest on your show because I am a genius and blah, blah, blah. And we get a dozen or more of those every day and it's a rougher pitch instead of, hey, I would love for you to be on my show. I want to add value to you first And then we make friends. We do an Instagram live. I'm adding value there. They're getting a bunch of Instagram followers off my account. And they're like, hey, we've had two great conversations. You need to come on my show now so I can kind of pay it back a little bit. And then I tried to deliver as best I can when I'm a guest on someone else's show. So that was my initial motivation for casting the pod is just kind of making more podcasting friends and working in that community. Now I'm testing different avenues of monetization the voice work i'm doing a lot of intros and outros commercial reads and things like that with my big robust podcasting voice and that's one area i'm experimenting in but i'm looking at leverage through i've got an instagram for podcasters course that i'm testing the waters on and i've got a few other membership model ideas that i'm getting ready to beta test as well so and when i find the thing that really works i'll go deep on that and i'll probably just add the other things in as bonuses so i'm still fishing for that right avenue but i feel like i'm close So it's interesting to me that you
1: have the sort of mission focused on health and fitness and wellness and the content asset that came out of that. And you sort of developed a specialty in podcasting and now you're using your relationships with podcasters to not only be a marketing vehicle for the podcasting show, but it also, you know, like you being on the show, you get to introduce the Million Pound Mission to other audiences and pick up these additional followers. As you think about what your mission is and your focus, how do you guard against getting distracted from the things that you want to be doing and the things that you're focused on? And where are you finding the balance of too many experiments drawing you away from center?
2: This is a key question because entrepreneurial ADD is a real thing. And I'm a big fan of the books Essentialism by Greg McKeown and The One Thing by Jay Papasan. And I really try to go deep on one area. I've got focus points. The way I do this, the way I keep myself from having too much entrepreneurial ADD, is I have a very simple system that I call my idea bank, which I think a lot of the entrepreneurial ADD happens because of the fear of missing out. And we're like, oh, I have to pursue this idea, and oh, I have to pursue that idea. So the way I avoid that, I've got this idea bank. It's just an Evernote file, super simple. And when I get an idea, I put it in the idea bank, and I've got it kind of labeled out. I review the idea bank once per week just to see if I want to implement anything. If I want to pluck one thing off the tree and then implement I'm only allowed to implement one new thing per week. And I usually have one focus point that I'm driving deep on. So right now I'm really driving deep on these events that I'm doing. And most of my focus time each week is on that. And if there's something that can pluck off that tree that adds to that, then I'll do it. Otherwise I just save it. But it's my weekly review that allows me to just go, oh yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Not for this week, but I'm keeping it on there. So I kind of prune the tree a little bit too. Sometimes I'll take something out. But that helps me to implement and go deep, but also feel like I'm not going to miss out or forget an idea or not implement down the road. So it's super simple strategy, but it's working really well for me.
1: Yeah, I do a similar thing in my practice. We use Asana and we're doing a quarterly strategy. So once a quarter, we'll sit down, me, my chief of staff, content management production team and we sit down and say, okay, we're gonna try to accomplish these things over the next three months, here's everybody's individual tasks, you guys figure out what order of operations you need to put those into. But in reality, what I'm working on is a task list, a to-do list. So I'm putting all of those things on my to-do list and I'm actually assigning one of them to myself a day and then doing my sort of ongoing maintenance podcast content. I think the moral of the story here is you need to focus on what you're doing in the short term, but also maintain a vision of why it has an impact and where it fits into the order of operations for the long term. Adam, you obviously interview a lot of podcasters. Talk to me about some of the common themes that you've seen in terms of marketing podcasts for people that are promoting their audio content. What has been successful?
2: Well, like I just mentioned, being a guest on someone else's show, that's probably the most organic and easy way to pick up followers and grow your show. Also doing Instagram lives, things like that. I've seen a ton of growth, like I mentioned there. Facebook ads, a lot of people are starting to test the waters with getting a high-profile guest on and then marketing to their audience that follows them to pull them into your audience. I've been experimenting with that and seeing some nice results with that as well. But just any opportunity to get to kind of pimp your show, that's where you need to go. And if you speak on a stage, I made a huge mistake. I got to speak at PodFest. I spoke on my Instagram for podcasters and I didn't have my course ready. I had so many people come up to me after that going, I want to sign up for your course. And I'm like, I don't have a course. Oh, no. So lesson learned. And that's where I'm in the expert space of I make a lot of mistakes and I teach you how to not make those same mistakes so that you are better prepared to get out there and market and get your message out there. I think that's great
1: advice. I think being open and honest about the mistakes that you're making is an important role for entrepreneurs. You know, you've know, you gone through an entrepreneurship journey and you've also had a career pivot As you think about pivoting your career, what advice do you have for other people that want to go and make a change?
2: Well, first of all, that's where my whole story started. So this is an important thing to think about. And if you're unhappy with where you're at, if you feel stuck, think about what you're passionate about and then think about what you could potentially teach other people in that area. So maybe, like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time, like maybe you're super psyched About Star Wars or something, or you're a huge fan of a certain thing, or there's something that you just love. Maybe you you love cooking. Maybe you love the ketogenic diet, and you love to cook and do recipes that are delicious. My friends Matt and Mega were like that, and they started a YouTube channel around that passion. And all of a sudden, that YouTube channel starts making money, and they quit their jobs, and now they've got one of the biggest health podcasts in the world, and they got half a million Instagram followers, and they fully monetize that. So, I feel like it all starts with an idea around what you're super passionate about, and with me. It was my health journey. I got super passionate about that and people can sense that and they want to be around that, right? Like attracts like, and people want to be plugged into that type of a universe. So same things happened to me with podcasting. That's why I'm surrounding myself with these amazing podcasters like Benjamin Shapiro. And we are just combining our awesomeness to produce great content together. So it starts with the passion. And then on top of that, it's just got to be implementation. I challenge people If you guys have one idea that's popped up in your head from listening to our conversation, I love to encourage people to set an implementation alarm. So whenever you listen to this, go to your phone, set the alarm for 24 hours from now and say, all right, I have to do something. If you want a career change, maybe just read a blog or maybe listen to a podcast or just do some thinking time in the next 24 hours so that you can start kicking over that first domino that leads to a chain reaction of implementing and actually seeing some change in your life.
1: Adam, last question for you. You're obviously very passionate about health and fitness. God knows I I could lose a couple pounds here. I'm sure that there are other people that are in the audience that can lose a couple LBs. What are some of the ways that you can get started if you're interested in being healthier, losing some pounds, prioritizing your health?
2: Well, you hit the nail on the head right there. Prioritizing your health. So many entrepreneurs are out there just investing so much time in their business, but they won't invest that sort of focus into their health. And the way I look at my business and my health is that what could put me out of business? I'm not going to go a month or 90 days without saying what could put me out of business. Cheeseburgers. Yeah. So <laughs> what puts us out of business of health? And I call those transformation danger zones. So my tip for your audience is that over the next 28 days, look ahead from now to 28 days and say, okay, what could potentially be a transformation danger zone for me? Maybe it's a vacation. Maybe it's a stressful work period. Maybe it is the holiday season. So where do you normally fall into that, what I call the black hole of weight loss doom and never escape from? And then how can we identify, analyze or head for that? So if it's a vacation, maybe you need to make sure that you book all your personal training sessions when you get back from vacation before you even leave. So you step right back into a plan instead of fading away for three months. So that's my main tip I try to get people to focus on is let's fix what we always tend to kind of mess up. What's that big hole in the road you just keep driving your car into over and over and over again? Fix that and then we can get to our goals much faster.
1: Adam, one of the things that I appreciate most about what you do, and and there's a lot that I appreciate about you, is that you found a way to pivot to something that is authentically yourself. And not only is your mission admirable, you also have an approach that makes it accessible. And to me, you know, a lot of the takeaways here, whether it's your entrepreneurship journey, becoming a successful marketer, or helping people with their weight loss, is you focus a lot on the organization and the practical implementation. And I think that that's great advice. I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your experience with everybody else. Thanks so much for being our guest. And if anybody else is out there that is interested in losing some weight, you can join me in following the Million Pound Mission
2: as well. All right. Thank you so much, Ben.
1: All right. And that wraps up this episode of the Martech podcast. Thanks to Adam Shibley, the host of the Casting the Pod podcast and the PhD himself, previously heavy dude, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Adam, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Million Pound Mission. It's M I L L I O N P O U N D M S N. Or you could visit his website for Casting the Pod. It's castingthepod.com. And for the Million Pound Mission, it's MillionPoundMission.com. There's one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening, don't worry about it. Just head over to our website. It's martechpod.com. We have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter to get our recaps of our episodes. You can also send us topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. You can always reach out on social media as well. My handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed,